everyone. Thank you so much for watching. This is the Goat Movie Podcast. My name is Angel. I'm Julius. This is a show where we love talking about movies, television, comics, pop culture, and anything that we're passionate about talking about. On this episode, we're going to be discussing Spider-Man 3 as Doctor Strange, the first look at Tom Holland as treasure hunter Nathan Drake. Don't Breathe 2 confirmed. Jared Leto joins Zack Snyder's Justice League as the Joker. Creed 3 will be directed by Michael B. Jordan. And last but definitely not least, Oscar Isaac to play Moon Knight for Marvel. Let's get started with the first topic of today. Spider-Man 3 adds Doctor Strange, the sorcerer's For our audience that is just listening to audio, you should just see how Julius is right now. He's looking like the, the sorcerer's Look, right Looking like Michael Myers. Yeah. Or the character from Scary Movie with, with the hand. <laughs> all right. Here are all the details you need to know before we get into the discussion. The Hollywood Reporter confirms that Benedict Cumberbatch is putting on the cloak of levitation and will reprise Marvel Supernatural Sorcerer Supreme hero, Doctor Strange, for the latest Spider-Man movie installment starring Tom Holland. Cumberbatch will be in the mentor role that was previously occupied by Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Why you got to bring up that old shit? (laughs) Julius, what do you think about Doctor Strange being added into Spider-Man as a mentor? I think it's really cool. I think it makes sense. Uh, uh, I wish it was Daredevil. (laughs) You know, I wish it was Daredevil. We're praying to God for that. (laughs) Uh, I wish that it was Daredevil, but I think Doctor Strange also makes sense because there are some books that I've read in the past where they had a really interesting relationship. You know, the teenage Spider-Man meeting up with Doctor Strange on crazy adventures, learning more about the uh, mystic world, the Sanctum Sanctorum, Wong, and all that. Uh, In Ultimate Spider-Man, there are cool periods where he meets up with Doctor Strange, but the Doctor Strange written in the Ultimate comics is very different. Mm-hmm. It's not the version that I'm the most I identify with the most. Right. Uh, he's much more of like a celebrity reality TV show guy, yeah. you know, who, who's like this. Like it is if Keanu Reeves played the character. It really is like that. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be cool because they had a really cool exchange in Infinity War together. Uh, it was cool because Dr. Strange really didn't care about the kid, didn't care about Iron Man. He said, I'm going to let you die if it's between you and the Infinity Stone. You're done. You're done. So I'm really curious what that is going to be like. You know, that person is going to be like as a mentor, as opposed to Iron Man, who didn't want him there, did not want him there in that suit, didn't want him to go up against Thanos. Now his mentor is someone who will easily let him die. That's really fascinating to me. Yeah. You know? do, you, do you think Dr. Strange would easily let him die uh, post Endgame? Because where the stones are destroyed. Yeah. So we, right. saw, we, saw, we saw Dr. Strange, you know, evaporate because he finally, he, he had enough trust in Iron Man. And in mm-hmm. the way that reality was going to go. So do you think we'll have that same mentality of Doctor Strange? Which I love, by the way. You know, if, if it's if it's a, a choice I have to make between the stones or you, it's you guys every time that I'm going to let die. 
Do you think right. we'll have that mentality or do you think we'll have a more accepting of, you know, guiding other heroes? I think he's going to work his way to being that accepting type of a leader, mm-hmm. uh, mentor. But I think the the isolated feeling of their relationship, I think that leads to a relationship that is completely different than what he had with Tony Stark. And I think it would be really interesting if in this film he really did get more into the multiverse and he did explore a lot of the uh, levels of guilt that Peter feels, you know, recently with the whole Mysterio incident, you know, the uh, homecoming situation. And even before that with uncle Ben, I really think this is a great opportunity for them to get into the, the, the recesses of Peter Parker's brain Uh, because he, you know, Dr. Strange gets into people's heads. He looks into their mind's eye. What's really keeping you from becoming the best hero you can be your guilt and finally with this third film i think it would be really nice if they finally did get to that moment where he let his uncle die you know or he was you know a a player in it from a very involuntarily uh stance you know hell yeah oh man that just gives me comic chills man i'm so excited for this dr strange in a Spider-Man film, I think that's something we've always wanted our entire lives, right? Stupid. Seeing that interaction in Infinity War and Endgame between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, iconic, instantly memorable. I love it forever. <laughs> I'll take that to my grave as, right. you know, experiencing that and knowing that. <clears throat> and I'll probably rest easy seeing that. Yeah, stuff. we're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> if know, if like... it actually did happen where Thanos snapped. <laughs> It's like, well, at least I got to see Spider-Man and Doctor Strange yeah, man. in the it's... same movie together. <laughs> movies, it's, movies, it's, plural, plural. It's crazy knowing how our conversations have evolved from like, man, it would be cool to see the Avengers, you know, together yeah. and stuff like that. And now we're like at such a point where it's like, wow, I'm, I am so grateful for any piece of news like this. Having Doctor Strange in a Spider-Man film is going to be fantastic. And seeing him as a mentor, I think is... Um, fascinating as well, especially because this Spider-Man is ingrained in the MCU as somebody who admires the Avengers. He's a teenager who is learning his way, and it's okay to have help from others. And why wouldn't he admire them? Yeah, I know there's common criticism from, you know, the general audience and also some diehard fans where they don't really like that Spider-Man has mentors and stuff like that. And for me, it's not so much a big of a deal because we already got those interpretations from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and also Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man where they they were in their own universe and they were handling things on their own and, and they became their own heroes and stuff like that, which rightfully so because Spider-Man is essentially the face of Marvel. But with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I enjoy that he has mentors and stuff like that. For me, it's even more relatable. It, it puts us in the, in, the, in the driver's seat of the Marvel Cinematic Universe through Peter Parker's eyes, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I didn't complain when we saw Iron Man helping him out in Spider-Man Homecoming. I thought a lot of the lessons there were really cool and very effective. Like, what makes that, come on, Spider-Man, come on, scene so incredible and one of the best moments in any comic book movie is the previous scene where Tony Stark is like, Peter, you know, if if you're not going to be responsible, you don't deserve this suit. You know what I mean? And Peter learns that it's not about the suit. It's about 
it's about him. It's it's about the the wearer of the suit. You know what I mean? So I like that we have these mentors who are kind of egocentric in a way because there's a lot of similarities between Doctor Strange and Iron Man. I love that we have these mentors <laughs> coming in, um, sharing their piece of advice, their two cents. But Spider Man kind of showing them up and being like, nah, I, I'm going to handle it the way that I know how to do it because I'm freaking Spider-Man. I'm Spider-Man. You know, I'm, so the mentor, the mentor role doesn't bother me as much. What, what do you think about the common criticism about Spider-Man having mentors? Well, I think the criticism comes from people who are used to Spider-Man being one thing. And it's primarily from our generation, you know, the people who grew up with Spider-Man and, and the Sam Raimi films, and then we had to transfer to the Andrew Garfield stuff. We're used to being Spider-Man being one thing, but if you read comics, you'll know that Spider-Man at different times has had mentors. I mean, Uncle Ben could be considered a mentor, the ultimate mentor to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there, he in the Amazing Spider-Man number one, he goes to the Fantastic Four right? Yep. Ultimate Spider-Man, which is my favorite Spider-Man run. He's looking for some sort of guidance, whether it be from Nick Fury or the X-Men or Daredevil or, you know, whoever else he can find. He's constantly looking for guidance. And for me, a mentor makes sense when it comes to a teenage superhero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Robin needs a mentor. He ha he needs Batman and Spider-Man, though he's not on the same level as Robin, he's much higher. He's a kid at that, you know, he, why wouldn't he go to like someone who's been doing it for a while, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't, I don't get the criticism. I think people are comparing oranges to apples, apples to oranges, mm -hmm. you know, like to compare, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tobey Maguire to Tom Holland, Spider-Man. I mean, A, they're completely different. And B, they're at completely different points of their lives. You know? Yeah. Like, Tobey Maguire is a goddamn adult, whereas this one is not. And no mm. one's complaining about Miles Morales having a mentor. Uh, oh, Peter yeah. Parker as a mentor. Yeah, exactly. And that's arguably the best Spider-Man film ever made. Right. You know what I mean? I think it's important for Spider-Man to have these mentor characters because in life, you know, it reflects life. When we grow up, we do have mentors. We do have people that we look up to and we do have people that we aspire to be. I never see that as an issue, especially for the character of Spider-Man. Uh, you see it in Spider-Verse. I mean, Uncle Ben is his mentor. Like, you know Uncle what I mean? Ben so it's kind of mentor. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, I hate Uncle Ben. Then. No, Spider-Man is supposed to be Spider-Man. Uh, but also it like the criticism also gets misguided when people are saying like, well, I don't want I don't want Spider-Man to have help. You know, like he shouldn't have, <laughs> he shouldn't have. Help. So you like, but that's I, basically like the no fun police, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, so like, I want, I want a Spider-Man movie where he doesn't cross over with anybody. He's not an Avenger. He doesn't fight alien. Like that's one of the coolest things to me about Holland. Exactly. He's the only Spider-Man who fought an alien. Exactly. Dude, him going to that. space. And yeah. that's why Infinity <laughs> War is such a bop, dude. Like to see Spider-Man. Like Tony even says, like, stay behind. This is dangerous. Nah, nah, nah. No, Spider-Man no. literally. <laughs> Spider-Man like, saw him. We we saw him web-sling his way to space. And it's the stratosphere. Yeah, it is one of the dopest sequences in film. In film. My my response to those criticisms would be, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> what would you do? Seriously, what would you do? Oh, oh, you would keep him on a, in New York. He'd fight another villain. He'd fight Electro again, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. Okay, dude. Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. You don't want him to go to space. You don't want to see Spider-Man in space. Yeah. No, we can't what take the, the Spider-Man for granted. I'm telling you, I could care less if he has help. If he's holding his own, fantastic. To see him punch Thanos, like, right? Come Kick on. Thanos. We're in a reality where we've actually seen Spider-Man jab Thanos. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Him. That and is then, ridiculous. And then Thanos grabs him, puts him on the floor. Are you telling me he doesn't need help? <laughs> you don't need help to get out of that exactly like yeah i'm okay with these heroes having help i mean this is the marvel cinematic universe this is a world of many superheroes that help each other out therefore we get the avengers and stuff like that right you know? that's perfect like, way of saying it like there there are other heroes in this world why wouldn't he get help? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He needed help in Spider-Man 3 from Harry Osborn. Dude, remember when the criticism was, wait a minute, really? In Winter Soldier, the ship, where's Iron Man during this time <laughs> yeah. helping right. Chris Evans? You know, so it's like, look. You so Iron, so Avengers is Iron Man 3, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh and, oh, and by the way, Joker's not a Joker film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like come on look you, you gotta pick you gotta pick which one you want i'm totally okay with with how they're handling things in the mcu this is a universe where it encourages us to work together as a team and if that's not your thing then you know you gotta you can well, just then, go to the past you know, and watch, those other watch films, the so. 70s era spider-man film or show <laughs> yeah exactly look it's all about working as a team whether we're talking about the mcu whether we're talking about dc whether we're talking about spider-verse it's all about working uh, together as a team because you can, progress. Uh, you can progress much further than you can um, uh, by yourself. Unless, I mean, people could say, unless you're Superman, but no, nah, even Superman would disagree. Like Superman, he's the one that that, that gathers the Justice League and stuff like that. So right. it's like, wow, even the, the strongest superhero of all time, um, uh, to me, uh, uh, you know, emotionally and, 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 and uh, mentally, even he thinks to himself, I can't do this on my own. What a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? So well, you want to see a movie where Spider-Man is by himself in the world and fighting <laughs> an alien invasion? No help. No. I mean, in a short film, that that would be really cool. Um, yeah, but, but he's not handling a whole alien invasion <laughs> by himself. Yeah, look what happened to him in Marvel Zombies. He couldn't even handle like it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So Got killed totally, by the Sinister Six. I think it's totally fine for you know spider-man to have mentors and stuff like that i mean just think about the harry potter franchise right i think the harry potter franchise is one of the most successful franchise in terms of telling a story over you know um a span Ten of years, years yeah. you know i think it's fantastic and i think i think it's something that has kind of shaped the way that they're handling spider-man in this universe and how he's growing along with the audience like ourselves yeah, Harry Potter sense. had several mentors in mm -hmm. uh, throughout the franchise, right? One, one for each film, really. Exactly. And very beautiful relationships that have helped him to become, you know, the ultimate wizard, you know, and it is so wicked by the end when he handles, you know, uh, when he handles things at the very end. He there look, there's even dementors in that franchise. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not a problem at all. I I, I love to see that Tom Holland <laughs> Spider-Man is going to become <laughs> the Spider-Man that we've all grown to know and love, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, yeah. you know, 
it's it's going to be awesome. I think this is a case of spoiled brats on Christmas who just want to peek at the fucking <laughs> present. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Like, come on. I mean, Black Widow is in Winter Soldier, but she elevates that story. I think uh, with the addition of her aid. Why didn't he get help? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I also think it's uh, with mentors you get great themes as well, like Nick Fury in Far From Home. I thought was mm-hmm. great. Uh, and Mysterio. Yeah, exactly. And Mysterio. Exactly. Um, they can lend themselves to uh, either be a benefit or someone to, to betray Peter. And it, it teaches him who to trust. It teaches him to be more responsible. I really love one of the lines that Nick Fury says. He says something like, um, he says, look, we have a job to do. And that's something you need to understand. And maybe Tony was wrong for choosing you as an Avenger. You know, because the yeah. choice is yours. You know, that stuff is like, wow, yeah, that's great. And Spider-Man has the option to reflect upon that and grow. And he does. And only he can do that. So that doesn't, yeah. I think, I don't think that diminishes his character as as the face of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. You don't read comics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't read comics. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't read comic. That's what I comic, don't. Right. I, I don't read comic. But yeah, Doctor Strange added into um, Spider-Man cool. 3. It's great. If we want to see Spider-Man go to the next level, that's how we do it. Learn from the Sorcerer Supreme. You know, we want to see Spider-Man jump into different realities. This is this is post Thanos. You know, we gotta we gotta up the stakes here, and that's how you do it. And as you mentioned before, we gotta see Daredevil in there. I want to see some mentors. Come on. He goes meets up with uh, Tom Cruise as <laughs> Iron Man in a world. Hey bro, hey bro. I'm telling you, Tom Cruise is an MCU. I'm dead. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but I think the possibilities are are pretty cool. I know everyone's assuming that he'll meet up with other Spider-Man mm-hmm. in the in this film because there are a lot of rumors about that. And uh, I, you know, I I'm split on it because uh, I I don't know. I I feel like I want the the story to be very centralized on what the consequences of what happened. Yeah. In, in Far From Home. Um, how do you feel? Do you think that they're blowing their wad too early? With um, all that type of stuff? N- no, I think I I think the addition of Doctor Strange is actually it's the right way to go because Doctor Strange is going. I think we're going to get like a sequence where we see the devastating consequences um, throughout the multi the multiverse with the reveal of Spider Man's identity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've seen Tom Holland Spider-Man carelessly take off his masks, his mask a lot of times. Granted, it, it'd be around uh, the other heroes and stuff like that, but I think this movie will really establish the purpose of wearing the mask and why it's important to wear a mask. Um, at all times. Right? At all times. Not only to protect his loved ones, but to also inspire others. Uh, to wear a mask. Um, one of the great <laughs> interviews between Stan Lee with Stanley is actually between him and Kevin Smith. And Stanley says, um, you know, of all my heroes, Spider-Man uh, stands out really among them because of the mask, because he's able to cover his whole face. Um, this person, you can identify with him, whether you're Asian, whether you're African-American, whether you're Mexican, whether you're Indian. Um, and that to me is really beautiful. So I would, I would really love to see them push that message of the importance of um, secret identities. I agree. I mean, a lot of the time, whenever I read Spider-Man and he's with anyone and where, if he's ever anywhere, 
he's always wearing the mask and that's something that's been lacking within i think all the movies really uh, where he doesn't really hold on to that mask yeah uh, like in right and i think it's also visually just funny to look at this kid with this suit on <laughs> like everyone else is not wearing a crazy suit and he is I think that would be really funny. Like there, there's all that fan art of what if he goes to court in the third film and he's in his suit, just sitting in a courtroom. I think that would be really cool to see. And I think that would be another example of comics, like literally ripping from the pages into the yeah. films, you know? Yeah, I, I love that suit. That suit is just so special. I remember when I first saw the poster for Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man as a kid and just looking at it, it just, it was larger than life. It's just like, you want to see this person just um this extraordinary person just achieve good you know and yeah so I, I would love to see scenes like that more and, more, and, more with the suit and mask on i think well they should uh treat it in the way that they treated it in the spider-verse where they're wearing the masks a lot oh you yeah know? like and it adds a lot of character to it you know oh of course of course you because you feel like you're just you're watching spider-man you know, right. like it's it's great to see that duality, but um, they merge into one when that mask's on, and and you see Peter under there. Yeah, I know stars want to show their face, but I mean, one of the most badass moments in a movie I saw was Carl Urban as Dread, and he oh, didn't take that thing off his Come on, because he was badass. Because he was a he knew what it was about. You know. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's everything. I and mean, we know it's Carl Urban. Yeah. Pedro yeah. Pascal as Mando. Right. Th you know? There you go. Number one. <laughs> Which tonight is the midnight premiere of season two. Let's go, baby. This is the way. This That's is the way. the way. Wear your mask. It's the way. <laughs> yeah. All right. As always, great uh, discussion on Spider-Man. Let's move forward into our next topic. Speaking of Tom Holland, this is the first look at Tom Holland in Uncharted as Nathan Drake. Here are the details you need to know before we get into the discussion. Spider-Man star Tom Holland has shared the first look at his next action-adventure film, Uncharted, from Sony Pictures. Based on the popular PlayStation video game franchise, Holland will play Nathan Drake, a young, globe-trotting treasure hunter styled in the vein of Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. On Thursday morning, Holland shared the first official photo of himself, complete with Drake's khaki outfit, gun holsters, and ring necklace. The film will be directed by Venom director Ruben, Ruben Fleischer, who also did Zombieland, and written by Art Markham and Matt Holloway, who wrote Iron Man. Julius, what do you think about the first look of Tom Holland in Uncharted? I thought it looked cool, and he looks like Nathan Drake. You know, so I could see him growing into that Nathan Drake mid 40s guy at some point. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, I've had to get past my hangups about Uncharted because I love those games and I love the the era that it's set in of that guy's life. You know, like he's like the 30s or, or, or mid 30s, late 40s, you know, guy who's like a man child who jumps around, does all these extravagant things, go to the, all these fantastic places. And I understand that they're trying to, you know, build Tom Holland up in the way, probably to that place in the way that they're doing it with Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I yeah, I think the image looks cool and I think he looks cool and it looks like Nathan Drake, you know? Yeah. So I'm waiting to see more. Mark Wahlberg as Sully does worry me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that does yeah. worry me. Did you see the set photo of him with the mustache on? No, I didn't. <laughs> wait, let me look it up. Oh man, dude, it's great. I saw it and I'm like, wait a minute. They're really not putting on a fake mustache on this. Are you man. serious? I'm not sure if Mark Wahlberg can can grow a mustache. It looks like a fake mustache. It literally looks like the mustache that Hot Rod puts on himself <laughs> and it's probably the reason oh why hell Par no <laughs> it's probably the reason why paramount didn't allow henry cavill to shave his beard while doing reshoots for uh justice league because <laughs> it looks oh kid it looks horrible <laughs> oh i hope that's not i hope that's a joke <laughs> i hope that's a joke dude that look oh my god okay well yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm very skeptical now. I mean, after seeing that, <laughs> <laughs> that's their Sully. That's their Sully. Oh man, it's so good. But I mean, he but... looks a little bit like in this photo I'm looking at right now, which is the uh, Mark Wahlberg, and they have the young Sully mm -hmm. next to it. I mean, he looks a little bit like it. My, my thing is that it's the presence that he has to get down and i don't know if he will get it down you know i know it was like a video that he released but did you watch this video um no i didn't i didn't watch the video i just saw the image of the oh, mustache okay. on him and it doesn't look very good unfortunately i love mark Wahlberg though as a producer and really enjoy him as an actor a lot i mean he's worked Jesus. with paul thomas anderson so you know, he's definitely got acting chops for sure. Yeah, he does. He, he He's a really good actor. It's just, yeah, I mean, he's like, good at doing him. Yeah. He's good at doing Mark Wahlberg. And Sully yeah. is very different. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he's worked with Paul Thomas Anderson. He's worked with Scorsese in The Departed, one of my favorite films of all time. So he's definitely got acting chops for sure. But the first look at Tom Holland in Uncharted, when we're looking at the image, I instantly recognize the um the clothes i mean that is nathan drake that is right what nathan yeah. drake wears um and i love tom holland as an actor i think he's great he's awesome as spider-man he is wonderful in the impossible uh which is his like breakout role i still think it's his best role ever i thought he was solid in the devil all the time but it, it it's really hard to see him as nathan drake for me personally um, I love those games. I love playing those games. We, we literally play as Nathan Drake. We know him. Mm -hmm. We know his character. Um, we're very familiar with him. But, but Tom Holland, for, for whatever reason, he doesn't look like him. And to me, right. he, just doesn't, he just doesn't scream Nathan Drake to me. Doesn't you know, it exude looks, that presence for you? It looks like he's cosplaying as Nathan Drake, but at a, at a very elite level of cosplay you know what i mean right because <laughs> those clothes they are nathan drake he's they got it spot on but with nathan drake i feel like he's just he's just the type of character where you know what kind of person he is you know what kind of actor you need for that you know for me it's like um you're looking for a type of actor like mm -hmm. nathan fillion like and we saw Ren when we yeah. saw that and yeah. we saw that and it's like yep that's nathan drake it's perfect you know a brendan fraser you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're looking for a specific type of actor that is like that character. 
And for me, just Tom Holland isn't really that. Um, I'm sure he can kill a young Nathan Drake, but mm-hmm. he just, I don't know. He's just not. I'd that. also, yeah, I'd almost want a lesser known actor to play it. I, mm-hmm. I think it would be easier to buy, you know, because they're so used to Sp- uh, Spider Man, uh, Tom Holland as Spider Man. Uh, right. And I'm not saying he can't do it, I'm hoping that he does it well. It's just that. Yeah, same. I feel like he's going to bring a lot of those Peter Parkerisms to the character, mm. and yeah. that's not really that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I'm I'm hesitant about the project, but I hope everything goes well. You know, I, it's just hard. It's just hard with video game movies, because like you say, like, we we are we play as those characters, and we're really invested in those stories, and they are very cinematic already. So it's like. It's um, it's just hard to pull off, you know. Yeah, it's it's really hard to pull off. I'm actually watching that video of, of him right now, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> looking at the camera. Yeah, you, like even Mark Wahlberg, like I know he'd been uh, involved he, with this project for a very long time, and he's supposed even, to play Nathan Drake. Yeah. Even he, even he, like I could see him as Nathan Drake much I more mean, than Tom Holland. I don't know about all that. You can really you think Tom Holland screams Nathan more than Mark? Well, I don't think either do. I or think Nathan I... Fillion does. Oh yeah, well 100 percent Yeah. But I'm that... saying Mark Wahlberg. Hey, for yo, sure. Sully, bro. Let's let's go get that treasure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Elena, Elena, come on, jump on my balls. <laughs> jump on my balls, bro. Yeah. Um, but the director yeah. of Venom, that kind of you know makes me hesitant a bit, but I love Zombieland. Right. Zombie movie ever. And the writer of Iron Man, um, that encourages me a bit more. So, you know, I think there are some pros and cons with this stuff. Um, but I'm I would have taken I'm... Bill Murray as Sully. Yeah, Bill. Oh man, Bill Murray would have been great as Sully. <laughs> I'd have taken Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah, even Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Um, hey, I would have taken Tom Hardy as uh, Sully. How about that? And <laughs> <laughs> dude, he would kill it. Dude, him as Nathan, as both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, uh, these, this first look definitely makes me, um, uh, more excited. I, I would say, I guess, more excited than not. Okay. More All excited right. than not. Well, we'll see, man. I need a trailer. I need a trailer. That's what I need. <laughs> Until then, I'm sticking to the the fan film that Nathan Fillion <laughs> did because that was actually brilliant. Yeah, that was uh, a sick fan film. Yeah, that was sick. All right, moving on to our next topic. Don't Breathe 2 release date is set for August 13th, 2021. Here is the plot for the first film. Hoping to walk away with a massive fortune, a trio of thieves break into the house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems. Fetty Alvarez co-wrote the sequel but handed directing duties over to Rodo Sayagas, who has collaborated with Alvarez as far back as his 2009 breakout, Panic Attack, and also co-wrote the first Don't Breathe, making his directorial debut. Sam Raimi is also on board as producer. In Don't Breathe 2, the blind man has been hiding out for years in an isolated cabin and has taken in and raised a young girl orphaned from a house fire. Their quiet existence is shattered when a group of kidnappers show up and take the girl, 
forcing the blind man to leave his safe haven to save her. Julius, what do you think about the plot for Don't Breathe 2? And are you excited? I never saw the first Don't Breathe. Uh, I heard a lot of stuff about it. I heard people liked it. And it was one of those horror movies that came out that people were talking about for a while, but then nothing really came from it. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be hoping that that uh, excitement can lend to the second film. Uh, I heard some really weird things about the first film about what happens and, and what the Stephen Lang character is all about. And uh, it sounds disturbing, so I'll definitely check it out. And the second one, I don't know what it would be about because I haven't seen the first one, but I'm more interested in seeing that film, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the concept is really fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be played up for laughs, but I, I just think that's funny where these guys, <laughs> these criminals come in <laughs> to, <laughs> to rob someone and then they didn't know who they were robbing. It's like a Gran Torino where he come where uh, Clint Eastwood comes up to the gangbangers. <laughs> He's like, you ever meet that one guy who you shouldn't have messed with? That's me. <laughs> that's me. You know? Epic, man. Yeah, I Epic. think that's funny. I, I think you would really enjoy the first Don't Breathe. I think it's very original, very effective, super intense. So mm -hmm. I think you would really enjoy it. And you're right. The Stephen Lang character does some inhumane things uh in that film where you would think it would probably be impossible to almost redeem him um i really like the direction of the second film where they're basically saying it's years later after the events of don't breathe and now he's kind of on this more nurturing side where he's taking care of this orphan girl mm. and leaving his safe haven to go save her what do you think about the idea of having a character that is so inhumane and then now taking him in a direction where we kind of sympathize with him in a way? Do you think it's possible to sympathize for this character? I think it's possible in that there's a certain point that we can't sympathize, right? Mm -hmm. You know, similar to Joker from last year, where personally, I don't sympathize him to the point where he starts becoming the joker you know up until right. that point i'm like this guy really had a raw deal in life you know it sucks to be him and i wish he had a better attitude and i wish he had better help but he's gonna make his choices and i'm not gonna go with him on those choices you know i'm more excited for when batman comes into to whoop ass um, <laughs> yeah you know and also i feel like stories like that happen like Logan came out and we really enjoyed that. Uh, Rambo, the last film, kind of similar, you know, mm -hmm. where Rambo had gone through his stuff in, in the past and he's trying to find the uh, uh, girl. So I feel like it's possible. And I think it'd be really interesting to test the audience like that. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I actually love that they're taking this franchise in a completely new direction where He's kind of becoming like Rambo in a way where he's he's going out to save um, this person who's been kidnapped and stuff like that. And I, I just love the idea that like, um, you know, uh, if, if we do fall down this really dark path, that there's always a way to come out of it and, and hopefully redeem ourselves with some qualities that are kind of heroic in a way. Um, I think that's a really good message. And I think Stephen Lang is going to give 
a brilliant performance. I, I love Stephen Lang. I, I wish we saw him um, as Cable in Deadpool 2 because I think that would have kind of changed the direction of that film a little bit. But I think that's why Ryan Reynolds didn't want him, uh, mm. to be honest, in Deadpool 2. I think Ryan Reynolds still kind of wanted to have, uh, you know, creative freedom and, and be able to, you know, be as bombastic and silly as he was in Deadpool 2. Therefore, we got, you know, Josh Brolin. But I really right. love how Stephen Lang, Lang plays like just these straight, ed, these straight edge brutal characters. It's really awesome to see. So I can't wait to see this for sure. I'm very excited for this. And I love him in Avatar. Kills it in Avatar. <laughs> can't wait. More Stephen Lang, please. Yeah, more of it. More of it. Get me in a Deathstroke film or something. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he would be awesome as Slade. <laughs> yeah. He would be awesome as Slade. Dude, get him as Pattinson Slade, bro. He is Slade. Get him as Pattinson's Deathstroke. I'm so down for that. I don't know why they didn't get him the first time. Oh, dude, that would be they, awesome. Because he's supposed to be an old man, uh, Deathstroke, but they got a young guy and, and like sprayed his hair. Yeah. Oh, dude, that would yeah. be epic. Even though I'm excited to see more of uh, Joe Manganiello, it's just like, Stephen, how do you not do that? Yeah. How do you not do that? Crazy. <laughs> That's Crazy. a sin. All right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of DC, let's move on to our next topic. Jared Leto joins Zack Snyder's Justice League as the Joker. These are the details you need to know before we get into the conversation. Jared Leto, who played DC villain the Joker in 2016 Suicide Squad, has joined the shooting of additional footage for the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut will debut on HBO Max in 2021 in four one-hour parts. Julius, what do you think about Jared Leto joining additional shooting for the Snyder Cut as the Joker? I've said in the past that I would want to give Jared Leto another chance, an honest chance with a better direction as the Joker, because I think he could actually do a really good job in the role if written correctly. That being said, I doubt it will be written correctly in this. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the reason is not because I just want to hate on the Snyder Cut. I'm hoping that it's good. I'm actually curious in how we're going to judge it because it's going to be some completely different than a movie. Um, but this is going to be that Suicide Squad type Joker, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be I believe that, so, unless they go in a different direction. Which I, I hope they go in a different direction um, because I'm not a fan of the 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 Jesse Pinkman ass uh, Joker, you know, where he's like a wigger and, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that. He looked like Marilyn Manson, except less charming. And, and you know, I, I'm hoping that's not what we're getting. I wonder how diehard fans of the Snyder cut are reacting to it because I don't think they were fans of this version of the Joker. I mean, yeah. I think generally speaking, Jared Leto's version is put on the, on the bottom of the list and that's unfortunate, but it's what it is. So yeah. I'm wondering how they feel about it. Yeah, I agree. Jared Leto as the Joker coming back for Snyder cut reshoots or additional footage, whatever it may be uh, to serve the story. I think it's, I think overall it's good news mm -hmm. and here's why it's because I've been wanting to see him get another shot to get him, uh, to give him a second chance because I do think Jared Leto is a world-class actor. I really do. I think he's 
fantastic, whether he is in a supporting role or a lead role. Let me give you an example. Him working with David Fincher, Fight Club, he's fantastic. Uh, him in American Psycho against Christian Bale, breathtaking. Right. Him in Requiem for a Dream under Darren Aronofsky's direction, unforgettable. Unforgettable. Him winning an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, deserving. You know what I mean? So, like, he definitely has the acting ability to give us a Joker that is just completely insane and compelling and just someone that we're drawn to. You know what I mean? So, like, I think there's so much potential. Um, and there's just one scene in Mr. Nobody where he laughs. And to me, I'm, I'm just thinking that right there, those are glimpses of the Joker that I am dying to see. And I think if he has that chance to really um, formulate a character with a director um, that is just interesting and has something to say for the story, not just there as an appeal to the character, I think can be fantastic for the Snyder Cut and I think can improve the movie if done correctly. We've spoken about the Snyder Cut so many times in the podcast mm -hmm. and, and we always want the best for DC because we love these characters. We grew up with these characters. You know what I mean? For me, it's Justice League, the characters, Justice League over the Avengers any day, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Come on. You know, like we love the animated series 100%. So I'm just hoping for the best for the Snyder Cut, whatever it is, you know, because now it's just right. a a completely new now thing, you know, or now they, it seems like it's just a mismatch or just like a, a, a juggling thing, you know, of yeah. different DC stuff. Yeah. So it, cause it, it's reported as a mini series, you know? So it's like, right. It's a, it's just new incarnation of, of Zack Snyder's vision. I'm hoping it's, it's for the best. I'm hoping the story is great. We'll see. You know what I mean? So right. I'm just hoping <laughs> They knock it out of the part with like Joker is not just like this character that you could just put in there. And it's just like, he's there for show, like utilize him. He is the right. DC. He is the villain. He is the quintessential villain. You know what I mean? So I agree. I just think that with this, I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's about now. You know, I really don't know what the Snyder cut is about. Uh, is it about them going against dark side is it about them fighting all these different villains like, is it about yeah, them true. getting together what what is is it about bringing superman back you know <laughs> you know like and and also how much are they going to be reshooting right how much are they going to be changing it are they or be, adding yeah or adding yeah like because now you're right it's a mini series so that means oh well that then we can add stuff yeah. to each episode yeah from a marketing standpoint i think it's pretty um you know clever to 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 announce this because it, it keeps us talking about the snyder cut and stuff right. like that and i think it raises the anticipation for it as well but i also think for the future of dc i think there's potential to or if they add him then we get to see them kind of connect the dots with like future projects if they want to do a continuation of ben affleck's batman um, on HBO Max or a movie, set up a series with with him versus Jared Leto's Joker and Deathstroke. Um, I could see that happening as well. So hopefully that, hopefully with uh, the addition of Jared Leto's Joker, um, it gives us uh, like a pathway 
to something productive like that because that's something I want to see. Ben Affleck's Batman versus Deathstroke uh, with with the possibility of a Joker that's interesting in that world. Yeah, and I, I heard that all those characters are, are in there, like Deathstroke and Lex Luthor and uh, jo- uh, Joker, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just hope it's not a mess, honestly, at this point. I, yeah, it just sounds like a lot. It just sounds like too much, honestly. Yeah. Steppenwolf and then Dark Side and <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Choi, the Atom. Oh, Got a possible Green Lantern cameo. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we've seen you know dozens of characters handled right before. You know, it, yeah, it, it can be done. You know, MCU, it can be done. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. It can be done. Um, but we'll see. The thing is, but like, I just these, don't want these... it to be lost. I don't want the story to be lost. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hoping for the best. I'm hoping, hoping for, for the, the best, best as always. Moving on to our next topic. Creed 3 will be directed by Michael B. Jordan. Here's the information you need to know before we get into the conversation. Michael B. Jordan, who portrays the lead character Adonis Creed in both Creed films, will reportedly take the director's chair for Creed 3. The series serves as both a spinoff and continuation of the widely popular and iconic Rocky franchise following the life of the titular Creed, who was the illegitimate son of Rocky Balboa's enemy turned friend, Apollo Creed. Back in February, it was revealed that Zach Balin would be penning the script, but no details about the film's plot has been released. Julius, what do you think about Michael B. Jordan coming in to direct? And what do you think the film could be about? Let's call it Threed. <laughs> threed. <laughs> so down I think, for that. <laughs> I, I think that it's it's really cool. And him direct, why not? You know, he's going that Stallone route. Let's direct the movie now. I've been on it for a while. Let me Hell direct yeah. it. Hell and yeah. It comes I full that, circle. It comes full circle. That's what this series is about. And I like it. And I, I could see that he's getting more into the behind the camera stuff. Uh, he's doing this. He's producing the Static Shock film. I think that he's following a little bit of Chadwick Boseman's path where Boseman wanted to act so he could learn more about acting and actors and stuff and then eventually direct and, and produce and all that. Love so it. I think that he's honoring that a bit. And this is just cool i can't wait to see what he's got uh, i think he's worked with the best and he's gonna learn from the best yeah and as for what this movie could be about uh i don't know i i hope it's the end of the franchise because you know they there was an argument that they were stretching it with the first creed right it ended perfectly with rocky balboa perfectly and it also ended pretty well with Creed, you know, as like an extra story. But I think Creed 3 should be it. I don't need Creed 6 or, or you know, uh, the next Creed, whatever that will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that this would be a nice way to end it, him directing. Uh, and uh, if it's about him going up against uh, someone bigger and badder than Victor Drago, 
I don't know what that would be. I don't know if he's going back to Russia or North Korea or something. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be cool either way. Dude, Michael B. Jordan directing Creed 3. I Ping love Wang in, in North Korea. <laughs> Dude, I love this news so much. I, I really do love it so much because it, it does harken back to Sylvester Stallone directing um, Rocky 2 and also uh, several films after that as well throughout the franchise. I love it, man. I love it so much. Creed 1 and Creed 2 are spectacular films in the Rocky franchise. Absolutely spectacular. They could not have been better. I could not have asked for anything more. I love them so much, narratively and emotionally. They really do strike a chord with me. The way that they end Creed 2 is just so damn perfect, man. It really made me cry tears of joy. I, I loved it so much. The message the fight choreography just absolutely breathtaking the father-son relationship of the dragos the 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 theme of family and how it can be um just troubling at times you know but finding your way back to your loved ones always because of your love for them so beautiful so beautiful for them to I'm telling you, when Milo Ventimiglia showed up at the very end, it could not have been better than that. Uh, Rocky's son, it could not have been better than that. And the fact that they kept the continuity just meant the world to me as a diehard Rocky fan. Yeah. Rocky is my favorite franchise of all time. And he is um, arguably my favorite movie character of all time. I love Rocky so much. So inspiring, so motivating. This has to be the end of the Rocky franchise. It has to be the end, I think. I think it'll be perfect. Um, yeah, it has to be for it has to be perfect. I think what this movie could be about is the other children of Apollo and the conflict that Adonis has with them. I think that would be great if one of them happens to be a boxer as well, even better. I think that's how you really up the the emotional level of the rivalry between Apollo and Drago is to go against his own family member. That's something we haven't seen yet in the Rocky franchise. And with the Clubber Lang Jr. Yeah. No, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I would be fine with that. I, I would be fine with that because I've seen the way that they've handled this, this franchise so far. Ryan Coogler did an amazing job with Creed 1. Stephen Cable Jr. came in to fill in those shoes for Creed 2. And I thought Personally, I thought Creed 2 was better. I really did. I, I, oh, wow. For me, I like Creed 2 more than Creed 1. Um, everything. Just, oh, man. Damn. Everything about Creed 2. Even the montage. The montage <laughs> in Creed 2, I think, is superior. I think the antagonist is superior. I think um, uh, um, just the emotional weight at the very end, too, is just like, oh, my God. Both brilliant films, though. Both brilliant films. I just prefer the second one more. Mm -hmm. um, and the way they handle Drago's son, it's like, whoa. Amazing. Um, I love the first film a bit more. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue. That. Yeah, um, don't argue it. Don't do yourself a favor. Don't don't argue it. I think they're both brilliant. <laughs> but what I was saying about the the sibling rivalry, it would remind me of what they did with Warrior with Joel Edgerton mm. versus Tom Hardy, and that's one of my favorite sport films of all time. Bring that compelling element to the Rocky franchise, and I think you're gonna have the best sports movie of all time. I really do. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I think it'd really be funny do. if they brought in um, BA 
Right, I was about to call him B.A. Baracus. Um, <laughs> uh, T, Mr. T again. <laughs> Get his son uh, uh, to played by um, Rampi- Rampage Jackson. Oh, my God. Yes. Wait. Yes, bro. Yes. Or maybe that's the first round in the film, and then oh, he beats dude. him. That would Wouldn't be that incredible. Be- yeah, that would be incredible if you if you got mr t and rampage jackson on screen together side by side and they both say a woman at the same time as their introduction iconic hey boy a <laughs> woman dude iconic bro iconic i would love to see that but um i wanted to ask you look this news is so hyped town i wanted to ask you do you think rocky needs to be in this movie yeah hell yes no <laughs> yes especially if it's the last i mean i don't think he's gonna be in it too much mm-hmm. um maybe a little bit i mean if this is gonna be the last film in this series and uh, absolutely yes without a doubt they do at the very end of the second one have him like uh pass the torch in a way mm-hmm. to uh adonis I would like to see him as like the family man, you know, being leaving that fighter stuff to the past and seeing what what's going on with him, what brings him back to train Adonis, uh, whether he's the one to train Adonis or not. I think that'd be really interesting. But uh, yeah, of, of course, he needs to be in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love the way that Creed 2 ended. So if if he's not in this movie, I actually wouldn't lose sleep over it. To be honest, because I love the, the way f- that they, I love the way that they ended Creed Two, I really do. With him, um, showing up at his son's house, you know, it that meant everything to me. It really, and 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 for that to be the last image of the Rocky franchise with Rocky, that to me is like, yeah, that's that's what it it had always been about. That theme of love, the the theme of relationships, more so than the fighting. So I'd be okay with that. If we do see him in Creed 3, I'll lose my mind. I'll lose you my mind. To. You, you have know, to. You have to. I'll lose my mind. Want a Creed movie without the guy who <laughs> fought his dad? Stop. You know, I love Rocky what so the? much. I, I literally love this character. Like, I literally love this character. Um, So seeing him, I'd lose my mind, of course. To hear his music one more time in yeah. theaters, you know. Who yeah. knows if theaters are going to be around when this film comes out, you know. They have to um, be. I hope they are. I want to hear that music one more time, you know, for the last time. I think know. he's gonna probably bite it in this film. Honestly, oh man, I could see them. I could honestly see them making doing parts of Rocky Three again. <laughs> honestly, I hope he doesn't die. I, I don't want to see that. I've already said it before. <laughs> like I don't want to see that. That's something that I don't need to see. Like I don't need to see him die. I just want to see him put his hat somewhere. Yeah. Well, you got to think what left, what there is left to do with him, right? Because you have him reuniting with the family. I think if you open up with him as the family man, you see the kids growing up, his son's there and everything. I mean, it would be interesting to see how um, maybe by the end he gets the spot next to Polly and, and Adrian, you know, finally gets to rest. I mean, we know, I mean, it's set at the very beginning. Let's not even talk about Rocky. Let's talk about Creed, the very beginning of this franchise that Rocky has health problems, you know, 
they got to do something with that, you know? I think they got to do something with it, honestly. I would die. <laughs> I would die. Like, I can't, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Look, look, he dies. And then Adonis is like, oh, I'm done with boxing, right? But then what's his name? Uh, his son gives him the speech that Rocky gave him in Balboa. You keep moving forward. <laughs> no. Oh, man. That, that sounds would, epic to me. That would be so emotional, bro. That would be so emotional. Oh, my God. If they did that. <laughs> oh, man. I would die. Just keep moving forward. Yes. I know, Rocky. Then Angel you starts punching the screen forward. with the boxing gloves. <laughs> we got to keep moving Stop. forward. Uh, it just it would hurt so much. It would hurt well, so much because the, the love I have for Rocky really does feel mm -hmm. like it, like it really does feel like he's a real person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does. Uh, and it, 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 that's the, the power that that character holds. There's a reason why there's a statue of him, you know, in Philadelphia. Like, don't he, tell Bill Burr that he'll make fun know, of that. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, he is more than a, an, than a fictional character. He really is like, life in a way like he is an ideal like he is love he is love itself so to see that wither away on screen like it i know it would it would just really hurt me a lot like it really would um i don't know if i could survive something like that <laughs> i don't think it would be withering away i think it would be i honestly think it could be beautiful you know him going on his own time like he's finally his i mean his family's back together that's how we all want to go out with the peace and love of uh, our family surrounding us yeah. and i think this movie is going to be about that especially since adonis has his own kid coming on the scene um and we met the uh, kid who who is his grandson i i you know yeah i could I see it man and, uh, and another way to look at it too since you know a lot of this is mindset right to think that like when he goes you know he'll be with adrian again you know and it's like wow hey, what about paulie <laughs> give me the robot rock he'll see um he'll see his coach yeah i see mickey you know um so i mean that that's how you end it man that's how you end this series that's been going on for a long time at this point, man, I would be like the the perfect. I feel like that could mean a lot more than even Iron Man's death in in Avengers Endgame, honestly. Oh, easily, easily yeah. more 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 than Wolverine's death. Right. For me, it would be the most impactful death in cinema. For me, yeah. Luke's death. I mean, Han's death. I mean, yeah. they they'll have nothing on this. You know, Spider Man's yeah. death in Spider Verse and right and um infinity war right you know this, this the death one... of jesus i mean come on <laughs> the death of jesus <laughs> exactly rocky's death is it's just it's more impactful he's even in that pose on his statue yeah <laughs> he's laying on the ground like <laughs> no, instead of laying him to rest underground they actually 
<laughs> they put him on their on that statue. <laughs> they, no, they position him underground like this. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say they prop him up in Philadelphia like this. <laughs> and then they Drago comes him. in. He's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> they stuff him and and replace him with <laughs> statue. <laughs> we oh, never man. have to let him go. <laughs> Getting oh, stronger. Oh man, I love Rocky. Love Rocky so much. Getting stuffed now. Getting stuffed. <laughs> All right, moving on to our last topic for today: Oscar Isaac to play Moon Knight for Marvel. Here's the information you need to know before we get started. Oscar Isaac will star in the Marvel series Moon Knight at Disney Plus. Variety has learned Moon Knight tells the story of Mark Spector, an elite soldier and mercenary who decides to fight crime after he becomes the human avatar of Khonsu, the Egyptian god of the moon. It was previously announced that Jeremy Slater, who wrote Fantastic Four and Umbrella Academy, will serve as the writer, executive producer, and showrunner on Moon Knight. Moon Knight is one of several Marvel series in the works at Disney+, Plus, with several others set to feature stars from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. WandaVision is on deck to debut later this year, followed by Loki and Falcon in The Winter Soldier in early 2021. Marvel Studios is also developing the shows Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel as live-action shows. Mm-hmm. Julius, what do you think about Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight for Disney+. Plus? I think it's perfect casting, unexpected casting, especially because Oscar Isaac just seems seemed to be done with that whole franchise, you know, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, after Star Wars. But I think he looked at Marvel differently because it's very clear that Marvel has a plan. Mm-hmm. Very clear that Marvel has a plan and that Star Wars didn't. And I think he's going to whoop it, whoop it with his con shoes on. <laughs> you know and what well, well I, i'm curious because I, I we've talked about how we don't think moon knight belongs straight on disney plus i hope with moon knight they either introduce a disney plus midnight feature like like for the more mature content uh or maybe they'll put it on hulu or something you know, because you can get the bundle of Hulu and Disney Plus. Yeah. Because they have that new show, Hellstrom, which is a Marvel show, which I have to watch on Hulu right now. Um, the only reason I think this is going to be on Disney Plus, straight up on Disney Plus, is because they have plans to tie him in to the rest of the Marvel Universe. Of course. And uh, yeah, maybe it'll be treated like the Mandalorian. The thing is, Moon Knight is such a violent character, like so much more violent than any of the other characters that they have listed for Disney Plus, like yeah. She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Uh, who was the other one? Um, was that it? Loki. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Moon Knight. Moon Knight would use Loki as like a toilet. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> but I think that the character is dope. By the way, you did a great video uh, yesterday about moon Knight, uh, fantastic which i recommend to anyone who doesn't know about moon Knight. thanks man. Uh, and i think it's it's hilarious also <laughs> <laughs> when jim carrey just shows up for a second i was laughing i had to rewind it a couple times uh 
but yeah, I can't wait to see it. And I hope that one of the voices in his head is voiced by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Wouldn't that oh, be great? That would be awesome. Conchu voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you, need, you need to get the, the tidy whities and the donkey and, the, and those <laughs> spheres and, and your conchus. Oh, man. Get out. That would be so fun. That would be so, so fun. Your I... name is Mark, Mark and Jake. <laughs> Jake and Mark, Mark and Jake. Bullshit. I love Moon Knight so much. We love Moon Knight. We've been dying to see Moon Knight uh, for a very long time. For years. We've, we've always talked about, like, how will Marvel handle this character? Because you're right. He's very violent. Thought he'd very, go on Netflix. Yeah. Thought he'd very, go on Netflix. Very brutal. Easily kills. Right. So we're dealing yeah. with this kind of hero. Uh, not he, even kill. Not even kills. Yeah. Eviscerates. Yeah, mangles. Yeah. You yeah. know? murders fists, murders you know what i mean like this guy is uh really intense and it wasn't until we saw daredevil where we were like okay moon knight is possible moon knight is possible if they handle him like this and we hear about moon knight on disney plus and i remember when we first talked about it we were like "Ooh, yikes you know like we're probably not going to see the the true form of, of moon knight and what he is because we know what he is like you know he's he's worse than batman you know he is a killer he is you don't you you question if this guy is really on your side you See, know he's my winning like argument against daniel when it comes to batman should kill or not yeah exactly exactly right. you know exactly yeah that's that's completely true uh, in every way um oscar isaac being cast as moon knight is outstanding outstanding he is a phenomenal actor it is not his first time that he has been involved with the Marvel Universe. For example, him as, um, you know, Spider-Man 2099 in Spider-Verse. Him as Apocalypse in <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. I forgot. Him. Why do you got to say that shit? <laughs> I, love you like this. I love how your hands are in the air. Yeah, yeah. Celebrating Spider-Man 29. And then when I said X-Men Apocalypse. You hands at me. <laughs> I forgot about that, man. You know? <laughs> I wow, yeah, that's right. He did do that, didn't he? So he's very familiar. Oh with, my god, he's very familiar with Marvel characters. He's done it before, but he's also a great actor. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, he's worked with Alex Garland in um, Ex Machina, and also mm -hmm. again in Annihilation. He's fantastic. And he's also worked with the Coen brothers in Inside Lewin Davis and also with Denis Villeneuve in the upcoming Dune. The guy is a legitimate A-list actor, and I can't wait to see him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they'll be able to incorporate him mm -hmm. with the rest of the Avengers. You don't get Oscar Isaac and just use him for the show. No. They're no. working these characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's exactly what Kevin Feige has stated and has prioritized with streaming. That being said, I think because this is directly connected to the MCU, I definitely don't think we'll see Moon Knight kill people. I don't think we'll see him killing people, uh, or I don't think we'll see this being an R-rated show at all. I don't think it'll be R-rated either, but I I could see him killing people in the way that like Mando does on The Mandalorian. <laughs> I could see it being toned very much like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> not every version of Moon Knight has been like a, a 
a murderous rampaging monster but yeah i agree he he is someone whose psyche requires a mature take you know yeah i agree i agree that's what makes him really interesting the psychology of a character especially because you're dealing with multiple personality um, multiple personalities and stuff like that um but that makes me think that maybe we're not going to get the moon knight that we're used to seeing i think we might get a moon knight where his multiple personalities will be like other heroes his multiple personalities will be like iron man will be like captain america um uh i don't know or maybe actually i i don't know if they're going to do that because a they got oscar isaac who is an actor who I could very well see being attracted to a character like Moon Knight for that exact reason, mm. for the the idea of schizophrenia. I could see him being attracted to playing that in a superhero type getup. And agree. also, I, I mean, it's what sets him apart from someone like Daredevil, you know? Yes. Uh, the fact that he has all these different uh, voices in his head and he takes on these different identities, I think that would be really fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um. And even in things that were more teen friendly, let's say, like in Ultimate Spider-Man, the uh, not the cartoon, but the comic book that I used to read, he was involved and he was much more of a, he was there to be made fun of by Spider-Man. But he also had some very dark moments. You know, he took on he created uh, damn, Spider-Man and Daredevil, Shang-Chi, Iron Fist. Doctor Strange and Moon Knight, they all got together to take down the Kingpin, right? And they needed someone on the inside. So Moon Knight was the one who created a new identity. And in the Ultimate Universe, he became Ronan. So Mm. he went in there. He took care of business. He was the right-hand man for the Kingpin. But what he did was he attacked the school that Spider-Man was going to. He literally brought an Uzi like shot up a bunch of kids or he tried to shoot up a bunch of kids and he beat the crap out of spider-man you know so i don't know if they're gonna go that far but uh, i don't know man man that's some great stuff i'm really glad that you laid that that knowledge down for everybody that's yeah awesome. that's, that's what gets me more excited about this show you know what i mean and it yeah. just reminds me of um it, it just it's just a great feeling to know that you know I have someone like you to talk to about this stuff. It, it, it really harkens back to when we would just talk about this stuff. It, it It's always great. Are to you know saying that, that you know that I'm, I'm kicking myself out of the genetic <laughs> uh, evolutionary pool by talking about my level of comic knowledge. Oh, I don't have to worry about that guy. I'll have my seat in, in plenty because no. that guy's off the table. No, I'm just saying like, it's, that what great you're saying? To, it's great to have additional knowledge in a person like you so that, it just gets me more hyped for it you know what i mean yeah I'm, yeah i'm not familiar absolutely. with additional runs where he appears in the ultimate edition and he became ronin i didn't know that that to me is freaking awesome it was pretty cool and also that you sent me a photo of him alongside cap america wolverine spider-man oh, yeah which came from a run and, and actually actually i think this was the way they they're going to do it this is the approach they're going to go maybe not necessarily with those heroes but uh, the thing is, in that run, those characters are figments of his imagination. Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine. They're other voices. Whoa. So he's followed by them constantly in the run. So I could see them doing that with the show to get away from the more dark, you know, the, the darker version of his voices. Like, 
you know, the people telling him to kill. Like maybe yeah. these heroes are in his head in the show telling to keep him, to him from, te- or you know, either telling him to do it or keeping him from doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this balance. You know, certain heroes like maybe, well, I don't know, like Hawkeye and uh, whoever the else else. Yeah, I think that would be really fascinating, and I think could be a really good depiction of how one can struggle with morality. I think, and and kind of question what that means and stuff like that. But what I love about Moon Knight is he's kind of amoral where that like right and wrong doesn't really concern him at all. Mm -hmm. That to me is really cool and interesting. And I think a good um, counterbalance to the other heroes that understand it very well. Yeah. You know, and what, what would make him interesting when he's added on to the Avengers and stuff like that, you know, and I think maybe I was, maybe I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions when I say maybe he won't kill because I think Feige has a way to incorporate that, especially because he knows, you know, other characters like Wolverine are coming in. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to, to, to be able to, to go to those links and showcase that, that, you know, some heroes like Wolverine or Moon Knight, these anti-heroes handle justice this way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't handle it in the way of like a, a daredevil, I could see them handling it in the way of like a cat when he had to kill some people in yeah. his movies you know um but i don't know i, I much prefer a, dare, a, a daredevil tone for a moon knight show starring oscar isaac yeah like, holy crap yeah i completely agree with that 100 percent. because look if if they're okay with showcasing those scenes like punisher and the jail cell and stuff like that we're being taken care of and I, I i i don't think anybody should ever doubt feige if if they do establish that but i i i kind of see that i, I kind of see that as is difficult to get to that that length especially on disney plus right well you saying that moon knight eventually becoming a, an avenger i i think that shit sounds epic especially since it is oscar isaac playing him you know yeah Oscar Isaac in an Avengers film is Moon Knight. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? Like, whoa. Like, if we could go back to high school and shake ourselves and be like, hey, in about um, hey, like it's coming. seven years, just letting you know, Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight. Whoa. You know what I mean? Also, um, get a bunch of canned food. That run that you mentioned with Moon Knight and <laughs> that run that you mentioned, I know, right? Like, even before, like, hey, there's a pandemic coming. Nah. Moon Knight, baby. Moon Knight Knight first. But um, that run that you were speaking of where you see the other heroes talking to Moon Knight in his head, do you know the name of that run or the the writer of it? It was just called Moon Knight. Here, let me look up the writer real quick. Yeah, because I definitely want to. There's this really cool cover of. Sorry, go ahead. I definitely want to buy a Moon Knight comic for sure or a run. And I definitely encourage all our listeners and our viewers to do the same. Whenever they announce a character that you find interesting or they're adding because um, they want to like elevate the story or just add more character interactions, I definitely encourage you all to buy a comic of theirs and get invested that way. That to me is the best way that you can educate yourself on a character and how they're utilizing the universe more so than even our videos. Like when we explain stuff or, or, you know, research them for you guys, like that's the best way that you can uh, self-learn with these characters. And I think make your excitement for the shows even better. 
Well, the uh, run by Brian Michael Bendis was the run with Spider-Man and Wolverine and Captain America as the figments of his imagination. And uh, that makes sense because, you know, Bendis was all over Marvel at one point and uh, he was doing like 10 books at one time, you know, and it was insane. What a legend. Uh, all right. A I modern legend. That. Michael Bendis, right? Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis yeah. on Moon Knight. He he's the one who also did Ultimate Spider-Man. So Oh, that's yeah. right. What a game changer. What a game changer. Yeah. Uh I I really and created Miles, he, right? He did create Miles Morales, yeah. He, cre- he created a lot of stuff Legend. for the modern Marvel world that are still being used to this day. Yeah. yeah. He created Ronin, uh Echo, all, all that shit. All right. Well, Oscar Isaac. That concludes this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have any comments, please leave your comments in the comment section below. What do you think about all our topics today? And if you have any questions for us, please feel free to email us at thegoatpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to take your question and dedicate an entire episode to you all because you make this community the greatest of all time. If you want to be a subscriber, please feel free to subscribe. We have over 3,500 subscribers and can't wait to have more of you on board. My name is Angel. I am Julius. And this is the Goat Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for watching. The Goat Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at Goat Film Podcast, Instagram The Goat Podcast, and The Goat Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.